0: Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard, Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. My family is two weeks away from our vacation to Hawaii, we're going to go to the big island and spend some time there. Together, we're actually going to stay on the Hilo side of the Big Island for our first four days and then the Kona side of the Big Island for our last three days. And in Hilo, we found this house on Verbo and just let me tell you, man, it's incredible. And we got it for a really great deal. So we're really excited about that. It overlooks a cliff. You can sit in the pool and look out over the horizon and see the ocean. Oh, man, I cannot wait for that. So excited about that opportunity to be able to go. For my kids, it'll be their first time. I've been there once. I went to Waikiki, did some of the tourist things there. Excited about going to the big island because it's not as touristy. So it'll be a chance for us to be able to just enjoy the beauty of God's incredible creation. So I know that we have a black sand beach on the plans. We also have a white sand beach in the plans. So I want to see the difference between those two. I think we're going to also hit some lava tubes while we're there. So it should be a lot of fun. I will tell you this. Most likely, I'll probably be recording my next, not my next, but the next, next podcast in Hawaii. So (laughs) there may be a difference in my voice it might be a little bit smoother and more relaxed because I am in Hawaii. Now, I don't know if that's what relaxed sounds like. <laughs> if I sound like that in two weeks, I apologize. <laughs> but really excited about that. And I'm excited about it because it it, it gives us a chance to be able to spend some time together as a family, being able to connect and, and just enjoy one another, we get away from our devices, and the plan is we're going to take books and minimize the amount of time that we'll be spending with devices, as well as just hanging out and just being together as a family. So really looking forward to that. And speaking of family, I just wanted to remind you that we are in a series, this is our second week of a series that we're, we're calling the Your Best Family in 30 Days. And really, here's the premise behind this. Statistically, in America today, four out of five families fall apart or end in divorce. So we thought, well, what can we do to change that? And that's part of the goal of this series. And just a quick reminder, like if you are someone who's single, don't tune this series out. There are some great principles that you could learn that I wish I had known. When I was single, it really would have turned my life around and it would have gotten my better, my family off to a better start, a better foundation. If you're dating, pay attention. If you are engaged, one day you may have a family or you're going to be a family, I should say, pay attention. If you are a family with no kids, you're still a family. So go ahead and pay attention to what we're talking about. And of course, if you have kids, make sure you line up there as well. But with this, last Sunday, we, we talked about what is it that causes families to fall apart. We're going to dig a little bit more into that in this episode. But I, I just want to encourage you, if you missed it, please go back and watch the podcast from last Sunday. Or watch, not the podcast, but watch the replay of our live stream, our virtual service from last Sunday. You can see it on Facebook. You can see it on YouTube or on our YouTube channel. You can also see it on our website. So go to our website, encountercommunity.church, just click the link that says live live stream replay, and you can watch the replay from last Sunday. But as we begin to just dig into this aspect, so, so what happened is in preparing for the message last week, I just put the words in Google, things that destroy families. And just list after list after list after list came up. And there were some commonalities between the different lists, but there are also quite a few differences between the lists as well. But what I began to notice is that there were themes that that kept coming up time and time again. So what we did on Sunday is we did a message based upon those themes. Because we figured if we dealt with the themes, and you could begin to take the themes and apply them to your family to identify the particulars, that needed to be addressed. So I'm hoping that you'll be encouraged by that as well. And, and then there's there's one thing that I, I really wanted to dig in. The, the, the very first point that we said is to turn your family around, you must replace what destroys. And the very first point was that you must replace selfishness, selfishness with submission. Sorry, I got a little lish or something there. Sorry about that. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> But we did, we looked at how do we begin to change that. And so here's what I wanted to do is, again, go back and listen to that. But I really wanted to focus today on this understanding that having a great family really is a battle. It really is. And and sometimes the greatest battle that we can have in building a great family is the one that we look at in the mirror. The one that kind of sets the tone for what our life will be like and for what our family will be like. So it's, it's vital that we make a commitment to just be able to examine ourselves. You know, many times when it comes to seeing our family change, we're told to stop doing this, don't do this, stop doing that, stop doing that. And those things are helpful, but they really don't change us over the long haul. So in the Bible, you'll see what is, I refer to it as the principle of replacement. And that is whenever God tells you to stop doing something, he'll give you the alternative of what to put on. Now, why is this so important? Again, is because we find ourselves in a battle. You know, it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So as we look at this, it's so important for us to understand that this really is. It's a battle that we find ourselves in. And the benefactor of the successful side of that battle is our family. But also the recipient of losses in that battle is our family as well. So, so there is a cost, and there is a benefit. So maybe, you know, in economic terms, we could do a cost-benefit analysis. <laughs> what what would be the benefit of growing, developing, becoming a better person? What would be the cost of staying the same? What would it be? So, so I think it's important that we Take a commitment and and, and step back and be able to, to do that. I think a lot of times our families can fall apart mainly because we get so busy that we don't take time to examine ourselves. We don't take time to look at where we can grow and how we can grow. Many times we're just trying to survive. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to take that moment to slow down, grab a cup of coffee and a pencil and paper, and just begin to ask yourself that question. What are the areas of my life where I need work? Where can I grow? And maybe even practice a little bravery, a little courage, and and sit down and talk with your family. And just say, hey, you know what? I really want to be a better wife or a better husband. I really want to be a better mom or a better dad. Or maybe I want to be a better son or a better daughter. So what are some things that you see in me that I can work on? Because I'll tell you, the, the greatest struggle that we will have is with our selfish desires. Now, Whenever you, when I was reading the passage before, it was say sinful nature. Another way to be able to express sinful nature is our selfish desires. There are ways that we desire to have our needs met. And if we pursue them in a way that is outside of God's desire or God's plan, then ultimately what it will do is it will lead to that kind of consequence in our life. So it is important that we take a step back to be willing to look at ourselves and say, are there ways that I have allowed my selfish desires to supersede the needs of my family? Have I done that? And again, if so, what do I need to do to change that? Maybe it might be time to take a little bit of a slice of the humble pie and just sit down with your family and just say, you know what, I, I've been looking at myself as well. And I just want to take this moment to apologize for the selfishness that I've had in my life, for the way that I put my wants and my desires ahead of yours and ahead of that which is best for our family. So I, I do, I need to ask you to forgive me. And I'm going to make a commitment from this point forward to change it now a lot of times what we may have a, a struggle with doing is understanding what is it that my selfishness produces L- like what does it look like and it goes on and it says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 it says when you follow the desires of your sinful nature when you follow your selfish desires the results are very clear Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God anyone living that sort of life. And, and, and we're going to jump into that in a minute because I, I want to make sure that you understand that the goal of this podcast is not to judge or to make you feel like, man, there's no hope. No, the very reason why I do this podcast is because I want you to know that there is hope, that you can turn around, that no matter how broken your family is, that there's a possibility that you can bring about some healing, If even if there has been divorce, and your family's falling apart, there's still some ways that you can change to begin to bring about healing. And hopefully you can change and begin to bring about that healing before it completely falls apart. But there are some ways that we can grow and that we can begin to change. Now it gives us a pretty substantial list and I know some of them may not necessarily apply to every family. For example, wild parties. I don't know if that applies to your family. Sorcery. <laughs> you may be saying, Ken, uh, uh, no, I haven't practiced sorcery in quite, quite some time. But here's the thing that's really interesting. The, the Greek word for sorcery there is pharmakia. is where we get the word pharma- pharmacy from. So it, it can also be referred to as the misuse of drugs, and anything that could be addictive. So it, it also could be developing a drug problem. It could be connected to that selfishness. Uh, impurity. That impurity there refers to an uncleanness in moral, in a moral sense in, in who we are. That, I think, could be something that we may struggle with. Lustful pleasures. How many families are falling apart because of Adultery. That, part, that word earlier, because you may be wondering, wait, can you said sexual immorality earlier? And then you said lustful pleasures later. What is the difference between the two? It's very interesting. The, the word, the, the Greek word for sexual immorality is porneo. Porneo. Sounds familiar? Porneo. Pornography. So the idea behind this is when we allow ourselves to be connected with something that infuses our lust. Now, we may not necessarily go outside of our wedding vows, but if we are pursuing something that, if we're doing something that ignites our lust, then potentially it can be to the detriment of the family. Now, I know that there's some people that are out there that will say, well, Ken, you know, pornography doesn't seem so bad because the only one that I'm really hurting is myself, well, I'm about to get very real. For men, there's, some, there's something called P-I-E-D. That stands for Porn-Induced Erectile Dysfunction. So it's one of those things, and it's it's actually a growing number of people that are being affected by this. So eventually, you may think it's just affecting you, but it actually could affect the sexual nature of your marriage. And, and also, they have found that the more we expose ourselves to pornography, the less likely we are to turn to our marriages and our relationship for sexual satisfaction. So now it opens the door for us to be in a marriage where there's no sex in the marriage as well, which also now begins to affect intimacy and connection and relationships, so, so there, there becomes this big spinning snowball that grows and grows and grows and grows. So a lot of people may think, well, pornography is not a big deal. But actuality, in actuality, it, it really is. It affects the dopamine center of your brain. And the result of that is it actually can become very addictive because of the fact that it releases dopamine. So we can begin to go through, I mean, we can go through the brain function of it. But, but I just want to let you know that if, if that is something that you've brought into your home, you may want to seriously consider changing it. And I know it, it can be something that is more and more difficult to get rid of. Pornography can become something that's highly, highly addictive. And if you're someone that struggles from that, I want to, ter- I want to encourage you. Do what you can to get the help that you need to turn things around. Find someone that you trust that you can sit down and tell your story to and, and say, hey, this is what my struggle is. So you can begin to turn your life around. So you can begin to get healed. But that's another example of where our selfishness can lead us. It says idolatry. A lot of us may not realize what that means because we may think, well, I don't really worship false idols. And a false idol could be you know, I don't worship statues, or I don't go to other temples. I don't I do not do those things. I don't worship like Jupiter or Saturn or animals or anything like that. And you make me think, well, that's not my issue. Well, another form of idolatry is, is simply this, or another definition of idolatry, I should say, is placing anything before your relationship with God. So it is true that you may not be worshiping animals or statues or planets or stars or anything like that, but what you may be doing is worshiping money, success, fame, possessions, and then what we can do is we can pursue those things so much that we put them ahead of our relationship with God. That's the idea of idolatry. And here's the thing that's really interesting is if you put those things ahead of your relationship with God, then there's also a very strong possibility that you will put those things ahead of your relationship with your family as well. And I've heard those stories. I've heard those stories of men. This is one that we can struggle with in this area where we try to take care of our family financially. And we will work our tail off for our family financially. The problem is our family needs more than our financial presence. They also want our physical presence. But because we're so committed to pursuing position or pursuing finances, we also begin to miss out on our kids' life, miss out on our marriage, miss out on those... And, and I want to make this really clear. I'm not saying that men are the only ones who struggle with this. Women can struggle with this as well. So it's important for us to begin to just examine like, have I put finances, success, position? Have I put those things ahead of God? And have I put those things ahead of my family? And then the other things we can definitely see, enmity. That's hostility. If we're selfish, we can actually create hostility in our family. Because again, we only want to look out for what is best for us. What about quarreling? The Greek word for there means strife, a readiness to quarrel, a contentious spirit. How about this? Maybe we could put it this way. Defensiveness, <laughs> right? That anytime anyone says something to us, we become defensive about it. And we begin to jump down their throats about it. And we begin to, are you, who, who are you to tell me what my struggle is? And then what we'll do is we'll turn around and we'll begin to point their struggles out to you. So I think it's vital that we learn how to, again, be able to listen to those elements of change. Now it's really interesting because I think as we look at this list, what we begin to see are the actions that our sinful nature, our our selfish desire produces. We're able to see the results of it. So the question becomes, If I want to change the level of sexual immorality in my life or my exposure to pornography, if I want to change impurity, my lustful desires and my lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, quarreling, basically living for myself. And here's the thing that I wanted to hit as well. It says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, There is a difference between practice and failure. There is a difference. And so when it says living, it's basically saying that these elements that I've talked about before have become a way of life for us. There is a difference between that and between someone who's struggling to change. Like I recognize this is wrong. I'm recognizing I'm trying to do it. The difference between is recognition and pursuit is the effort to change versus the pursuit of not changing. As a matter of fact, to pursue going after those things. So basically, that's what the Bible is saying, is is that if you are someone who pursues going after those things, then you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So I just want to make sure that you understand that so that you don't walk away feeling guilty like, man, can I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm wrestling with these things, but I, I really want to change them. I, I'm just, I just don't know how. So I, I really do get that. Now, here's the thing that's really interesting, is when you look at the next part of this passage, it begins to give us things that will happen as a result of the Holy Spirit living in us. And the thing that's very interesting is that it doesn't go into the actions that the work of the Holy Spirit produces in us. It goes into the who that the Holy Spirit produces in us. And so really the idea is many times we try to change the what we focus on the what, but what this is saying is pursue the who. If you pursue the who, of who the Holy Spirit wants to build you into being, then the what will naturally begin to change. So what is the who? It says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. The who, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says there's no law against such things. So when you begin to look at that, it's it's interesting, because those are not actions, like wild party action, immorality action, uh, sexual impurity action. Like we can look at those and see action. But with the other elements, we see that if we change the who, then again, I believe that the actions would begin to change. So the very first statement is love, is love. If you really want to see change happen in you, and you want to bring about that change in your family, you have to begin to say, you know what, I am going to, as Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind and strength, love my neighbor as myself. So we see a threefold aspect of love. At a counter, we say love up, love out, love in. But a threefold aspect of love. So we can take that and we can apply that to our family. First of all, love up. It is true that my ability to change my actions, and more importantly, God's ability to change my who is is directly connected to my commitment to building a loving relationship with Him. It really does start there. I'll tell you now, it's hard for me to be gracious if I'm not connected into a loving relationship with God. It's hard for me to be forgiving. If I'm not connected into a loving relationship with God, and as you begin to look at this list, everything else falls into play, in in the place when we have that loving relationship with God. It, it starts and it begins ultimately with Him. It, it, it truly does. I should say it starts and it ends ultimately with Him. If you would, if you truly want to see that change happen in your life, so love Him. And then love out. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. We can also say, love your family member as yourself. Love your family member as yourself. Start there. And what does it look like? What does it look like to love your neighbor? There's one example that Jesus gives, an example that he gives is of a person who sees his neighbor in trouble and just pours out love on that neighbor. So I also, I think, what does it mean to love? I think if we began to look through some of the other components of this list, we can also get an idea of what that love looks like as well. And then love yourself. I'll tell you that sometimes my greatest struggle in my life really were the results of one simple thing. I didn't really love me. And I'll be honest with you. I'm still learning how. I haven't arrived at the point where I'm fully confident in myself yet. I haven't arrived at the point where I can say that I truly, truly, truly love myself. I'm getting there, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in my heart and in my soul. still does. And praise God he's doing it. Praise God that he's never given up on me. And I want to let you know that he will never give up on you either. So praise God for that. So it starts with love and then it begins to go through that list, joy, that joy. What is that joy? That joy is a result of knowing that I am right with God, of knowing there's nothing that can happen in my life that will change the fact that I am God's, that I belong to Him. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine, that I am connected, deeply connected in my relationship with Him. So the result of that then is I can't be shaken by life. Can I struggle with worry sometimes? Possibly. And I'll have to be able to begin to work through the process and hand that back over to God and building my relationship with Him. And to recognizing like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to worry. God, I'm taking your role in my life and I'm gonna hand that back over to you. We can struggle with that. It, it, it's a part of the process of working through But it, in the ultimate end, We can look at COVID cannot change my relationship with God. The financial fallout from COVID cannot change my relationship with God. And that's the most important thing. It cannot change my eternal destiny. Yes, life may get hard here on earth, but there is a point when we will cross over the threshold of eternity. And then we will be living with our Father in heaven, in mansions, in streets paved with gold. Now think about that. The streets are paved with gold. That gold is such a, you know, we look at gold as such a precious commodity. Right? But there would never be a way that we would, we would pave our streets with it. But compared to heaven, the glory of heaven, gold is nothing. And yet we take the most precious metal, we pave our pave our streets with it. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. And then peace. It's interesting because the, 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 the Greek word for peace there, I, I think sometimes when we see peace, we see it as the absence of conflict. The, 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 the Greek word for peace there actually means wholeness. That I'm at a, at a point where I am a whole person. I mean, just take a moment to. To chew on that. Patience. See, when we have crossed that line of love and we're beginning to belt to develop that line of love, we begin to become people who are patient. Patient with their family members and their struggles and their race and, and, and their wrestles. Patient with giving them the opportunity to be able to move forward. Patient with knowing though they though they fall that they have a chance to give back up, and we're gonna carry through this and we're gonna walk through this together that we can begin to try to give them the same kind of patience that God has given to us. And then goodness, pretty self-explanatory, just being a good person. Faithfulness. And I love this, faithfulness. The, The Greek word there meant persistence that is driven by faith. Faithfulness. So I hang in there and I am faithful with my family because I have my faith in God and who he is. Gentleness. I love that. And and gentleness, the the Greek word there means power in reserve. Power in reserve. Like I have have the power to punish you, but I'm going to hold that in reserve. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to allow you to abuse me. It it doesn't mean that at all. But, But what it means is I am able to address an issue in such a way to where I don't blast you. The power in reserve. I love that. And then self-control and self-control. The ability to be able to manage ourselves. Now all of that, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, those are all elements of what it looks like to be someone who is driven by love. So if you want to develop self-control in your life, learn to be more loving. If you want to develop more self-control in your life, learn to be more loving. Learn to be more loving towards God, towards your family, towards yourself. Because I'll tell you now, sometimes my selfishness in my past has been directed at myself to undermine myself why because again I didn't fully love myself so let's make a commitment and begin to truly seek that and if we're building these things then we again will begin to see change happen in our families but all of that really boils down to a commitment that I will begin to move beyond the selfishness that exists in my life and I will begin to replace that selfishness with love and then with that love it will spur joy peace patience kindness I'm not going to go through the whole list again (laughs) but you understand exactly what it is that I'm getting at that God ultimately desires to build that in you as well and he can if you will allow him to If you're given the opportunity to be able to do that. Well, again, we're talking about 30 days to your best family or your best family in 30 days. And again, it it really does, it really does start with you. So sit down with your family, have a conversation, ask them, what ways am I selfish? How can I change? How can I grow? How can I be better? Begin to ask that question and then diligently take the steps necessary to develop his love in your life, to develop his love in your life. Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. If you're listening to it on our website, I just want to encourage you to follow us on Spotify or iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I even know that on Spotify, if you follow us on Spotify, they have a new feature that they put on now with podcasts that you follow that where you can turn on notifications. When something's new, boom, it'll pop right up. Hopefully, I don't use Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. I'm a Spotify guy, so that's where I'm at. So that's how come I've noticed it. But subscribe, that way when we post new things, you'll be notified about it and you'll be able to know what is going on. So, again, just wanted to remind you that on June the 27th, we are launching our indoor services once again. And then also, this coming Sunday, as we continue your best family in 30 days, we're going to talk about the edge. And what is the edge? The edge is that fine line that we need to walk on that allows our family to persist and be successful that if we lean too far to the right of that line or too far to the left of that line, it can lead to the detriment of our family. So what is that line? Make sure you tune in on Sunday. And we'll also dig into it a little bit more next week as well. Well, again, I've already talked about encounter being about love up, love out, love in. So I won't even cover that part. But you know that that's what encounter is all about. Let's love God. Let's love others. Let's love ourselves. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church Podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, You'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us. And we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.